The theme for all three camp, weeks of camp this year is going the distance. And uh, so on the back of my shirt, the theme verse for that is, is Philippians chapter 3, verse 14. You, you probably can't read it from my shirt, but you can read it from the screen. I want us to look at Philippians 4, 13 and 14. Grew up quickly. Paul says, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth into those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I want to talk a little bit this morning quickly before we come to the Lord's table about going the distance. Now, those of you, I, I have, you know, I would probably never be watching a movie like that. I was probably reading my Bible or, or listening to a sermon on tape. But uh, Barbie had on this, this West City Slickers, is that what it's called? Where uh, Curly, the old cowboy Curly, ain't that Curly there? And they asked Curly, what's the meaning of life? And, and Curly holds up one finger and he says, this. I don't know if they ever define what that is. I just I probably went back to praying and Barbie mentioned that to me. But uh, I can see Paul as he is writing, to, writing this letter now to the Philippians when he, when he gets this. And he says, um, this one thing, one thing. Paul, I believe, is sharing with us one thing that, not, not necessarily a secret, but one thing that, that encouraged him or allowed him to go the distance when he was uh, shipwrecked. And, and, and abandoned at sea when he was stoned and left for dead or beaten with rods are probably those lonely uh, times when there's no one there to encourage Paul, to encourage him and say, Paul, you can do this. You can do it. Come on, you can do it. When he felt so alone that I'm, I'm, I'm convinced that this one thing that Paul shares is, is, is a, a motivating factor, a significant factor in Paul going the distance for the Lord Jesus Christ. And I, I think it can also be a, a significant factor in our lives, as I encourage you this morning, to go the distance with the Lord Jesus Christ. So I want us to take a look at that one thing. And, and the one thing that Paul shares is, is, is having the proper perspective, a proper outlook. And he talks, about, he talks about the look in this. And immediately he goes into this and he says, this one thing I do. And then he begins listing it. And the first thing he talks about is that we need to look behind us if we want to go to distance. We look behind us. Now, when we look behind us, that's not the same thing as living in the past. Some people get stuck in the past for different reasons, and they're not good. Paul's going to give us a proper balance of this. Some people, uh, some of you may be like this. I know a lot of uh, frustrated athletes that uh, now 20 years out of high school or 30 years out of high school, uh, it's amazing how much better they have got when you hear the stories told. And I hear him tell these stories, and I think, did, did I see that game you was in when you did it like that? Well, you get frustrated. Sometimes, and the enemy is all too eager to help us when, we, when, when, when he brings to us those, those failures of the past. And they cripple us. And he's all too eager to remind us of, of the people we've hurt and the horrible things and the awful things that we have done. And Paul could have been crippled when he looked in the past. Paul could have looked back and said, hey, I was there persecuting those Christians. I was there. I'm the reason that, 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 that families were torn apart. And I put men and women in prison because of their faith. Paul could have said, hey, I was there when they stoned the, the deacon Stephen and he, they killed him. They stoned him to death. And I was there holding the coats of those guys thinking I was doing the right thing. Paul could have easily been crippled because of the failures, awful things in, her, in his past. But the one reason I'm convinced is that Paul wasn't crippled by that. 
is because when Paul looked in his past, he also saw another significant event. He saw one day on the road to Damascus when he was on the way to find more Christians to persecute and and, and his zeal for his religion that he had an encounter with the living Lord, Jesus Christ. And a light shined from heaven, blinded Paul, and Jesus said, Paul, why are you persecuting me? And it changed his life, this conversion experience. And so I'm, I'm excited that when the, when the enemy, if you're here this morning and you find yourself crippled by the awful things of the past, crippled by the people you've hurt, crippled by the, the again, the unmentionable things that you, you know if people knew, they would never speak to you again. The person, if you look in your rearview mirror, and that's part of that, if you have also in your rearview mirror an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ, when he has come into your heart and saved you and forgiven you, all you got to remind the enemy is, is the person who committed those things is dead, doesn't live any longer. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Yet some people stay crippled in the past, this morning, it's my prayer. If, the, if the, those sins of the past, if those horrible things of the past are crippling you, if you haven't had an experience of looking back and knowing when you came to Jesus Christ and knowing he forgave you that before the service is over this morning, you will make that decision as the Holy Spirit draws you to himself. Now, some people will say, but Jerry, listen, you don't understand. A lot of those things have happened. I, I look back and I, I, I know when I trusted Jesus, my Savior, but man, I've, I've did a lot of horrible, terrible, bad things since then. I've fallen horribly, Jerry, and I can't, I, I, I can't get past that. I'm reminded of a, of a story uh, I ran across by uh, Mario Kumo. Is his name? Huh? He was a, he was a governor. Of, of New York, right? Governor of New York. And uh, how do you say his name? Como. Oh, I see you, O-M-O. I have no idea. Anyway, he tells a story that when he was, he was in a political campaign and, and it was, it was a, it was, it was a, it was a hard, hard campaign. And he was really, he, he was, he didn't know if he could stay it. He didn't know if he could, could go the distance. And he said, I couldn't help but wondering what Papa would have said if I'd told him I was tired or God forbid if I'd told him I was discouraged. He said a thousand pictures flashed through his mind but one scene came sharply into view and this is what he was saying. He said the Como family had just moved into a new house, their first house with some trees. One tree, a giant blue spruce, stood about 40 feet tall but one night less than a week after they moved in they came home in a terrible storm to find that tree had fallen. Its roots pulled almost entirely from the ground. The family was dejected as they stood looking at this fallen giant. But Papa, who stood barely five foot six, was determined. He declared, okay, we're going to push her up. (laughs) What are you talking about, Papa? The roots are out of the ground. Shut up. We're going to push them up. You couldn't say no to him. So they got a rope and they stood pushing and pulling in the rain. And eventually they got that great tree back in the hole. And then they propped and staked and tied to a straight upright, and Papa declared, don't worry, he's going to grow again. Kumo reports that if you were to drive past that house today, you would see a straight 65-foot blue spruce pointing up to the heavens with no hint that it once had its nose on the asphalt. 
The theme verse is from Philippians 4. But this past year, the youth group had been wearing shirts with this, this design, and it says rooted on the front of it. And the, and the scripture comes from Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 through 10. Look at this. He says, as you have therefore received Christ as Jesus, so walk you in him. Go the distance. That's what he said. Rooted and build up in him and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Beware lest any man should spoil you through philosophy or empty deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world and not after Christ. For in Christ, in him, dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Look at this now. And you are complete in Christ. I want to tell you, there's any of us that have, that have been born again. We've had those times when our noses were in the asphalt. But God specializes in putting us upright and rerouting us. Heard of the skit that Joel, uh, Joel's team did out there this week. I had to ask him this morning. I said, Joel, man, where did that come from? Right here, right here. <laughs> I really believe it came from the Lord because the skit was all about people that were in the race. They were running the track and, and, and all of a sudden they got, they got sidetracked and they got into different things. But then, but then they, were, they were restored, they were forgiven and they were put back into the race so they can go the distance. God wants us to go the distance this morning for him. So don't be crippled by the, the, by the failures of the past. Another thing is we look in the past that can cripple us if we aren't careful is grief. Now I understand it and please I, I want to be as sensitive as I can be with this. Grief, everyone has to, has to go through grief. Um, they have to handle it their own way. They really do. There's no time frame to do that. Some people have lost significant, significant loved ones or family members. Or you've been, uh, something's there that, that's, just, that's just shattered you. And you know, don't know if you can ever get over that. But I'm reminded of the story this morning of another man that could have looked in his past and he could have looked at the grief and he could have been crippled and not been ineffective for the Lord, but he didn't. He chose not to be. The man's David. And in 1 Samuel chapter 12, we find the story of here's David. David had fallen tragically. David, this man, this giant slayer, this singer of Israel, this man that God had, had raised up and brought up. And yet we find him, we find him in an adulterous bed. We find him then lying and deceiving his nation. We find him being complicit in the murder of Uriah, whose wife David had had adultery with. We find all these things going on in David's life. And yet we find, then we find him confronted with this in a repentant heart. And then we see that when Bathsheba is, 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 delivers the baby, a little boy, that from the get-go, he's sick. From the get-go, there's complications and the baby, we know now that the baby's going to die, but David did not know him then. And we find that David, the scripture says David was on his face before the Lord, weeping and praying for the Lord. And every parent, every grandparent here that's had, that's had children in our families that sick, we understand what David was going through with. We understand that. You're not interested in eating. You're not interested in anything else. You're just on your face, beseeching God, getting before God. That's where David was. But then David overhears some of the men talking. And he asks them and they tell him the, the, baby's, the baby's dead. And so David could have stayed there in the grief and it never got past that. But instead David picks himself up. He gets himself up. He washes up. He cleans up. And then he goes to the, to the, to the, to the sanctuary and he worships up. Don't let the grief of the past cripple you. 
We need to look at the past. We need to learn from the past, but then we need to leave the past. Paul said, this one thing I do, looking back, looking back, I'm learning and I'm leaving. But he said, then I look, he said, this one, I'm looking, looking back. He said, I look ahead. He said, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before me. Paul looked ahead. And when he looked ahead, he was excited. He wanted to go forward. I'm reminded of uh, the missionary uh, doctor to Africa, David Livingston. David Livingston, uh, the report was when David Livingston had come off the field and came back home, that someone asked him, said, Dr. Livingston, said, where would you be willing to go now? And the reply of the great missionary was, I'd go anywhere as long as it was forward. As long as it was forward. Paul looked back, but then he looked ahead. And what he looked ahead, when he looked ahead, I believe he saw something that he longed for. He says, but reaching forth unto those things which are above, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God. Paul saw something in looking forward that, that, uh, that, he, could, that he could set his sights on. That, that would motivate him to go the distance, to not give up, to not quit, to not stop, to not get d- d- discouraged and, and, and by the wayside. And what he sees here, Paul said that, that he sees a prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Now, simply for the sake of, of just time, just want you to know this morning, that as Paul looks at this, and again, I believe it's the same calling of every believer. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 is that we have a high calling from God. He says, brother, here he tells us, he said, you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and he's called us out of darkness into this wonderful kingdom of light. He's called us to be followers of him. He's called us with a high calling. Peter could, I mean, Paul could also relate that not only did he have a, a high calling, but uh, 1 Peter 1.16 says that each of us as Christians have a holy calling. We're called to be holy as he was holy, to live holy lives. Not only do we have a high calling and a holy calling, but we have a heavenly calling. In Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, it talks about uh, that he would, the writer would talk about being in this um, in this stadium and seeing the, the, the stands filled with a great cloud of witnesses as Hebrews chapter 11 has just shared these great men and women of faith as they're there. And he says, seeing that we're so compassed with such a great of cloud, he said, then let's, let's basically, he said, let's go the distance. Don't give up. Don't quit. Let's finish the race with patience. All of us have heard this saying that the Christian walk is not a Sprint, it's not a hundred yard dash. What? It's a marathon going the distance. Well, I believe that when we, 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 we do that, we look at the, we look back, we learn and we leave. We look ahead and, and we find that which, which motivates us, motivates us to continue. And I believe when we look ahead, it can cause us to look now so that we can live dynamically in the presence with the strength of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I believe that's the one thing Paul said. If you want to go the distance, look, learn, and leave. Look and long for what's waiting. But look now and live dynamically in the power of God that he's given us in our lives. I, uh, I see this great cloud. I read Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, and I, and I think of uh, so much I've learned. Since our daughter Paige has been involved with in coaching cross country, I've learned so much, Barbie and I have learned so much to appreciate this tremendous sport of cross country running. 
And it helps a lot when you have all, a lot of boys and girls from the church here that the people you know that are running the race. But uh, in cross country, uh, you know, they, they, they run and, and everybody surely is looking expectantly and anxiously to see who the first finishers are. Yeah, first place state winners and second place state winners here. And you, and you look for those and you look for those top finishers or five or six or however many it is that's going to make up your score for your school or your team. But what I wasn't prepared for in cross country was the encouragement that was given for everyone to finish the race, to go the distance. And I love that. I got plenty excited. I mean, we, we, here we were the first time they watched. And then I watched after those that already come in, you know, they finished with a time of 15 minutes or 14 minutes or 16 minutes or something. And 25 minutes, you got kids relate, I could relate to, and they're still coming in. They just, some of them, some of them are just coming in like this, you know, and some of them are coming in with an arm around another, but they're finishing the race. And as they get in sight, as they get in sight, it's all the people that are standing there that begin to clap and cheer. Come on, you can do it. You're going to finish. Come on and finish. And you can see them. You can see it just breathes new life into them. We're there. Why are they still? They're encouraging us on. Go the distance. I, uh, uh, Craig, after first service, he, he said, Jerry, he said, reminded me of one of my favorite stories. And uh, let me just quickly, 1968 Summer Olympics in Mexico City. Uh, John Stephen, I'll spell his last name one time. I'm not going to use it again. A-K-H-W-A-R-I. Aquari, I guess. John, I'm going to call him John. He was, uh, he was born in Tanz- Tanzania. Uh, he was a former marathon runner. What's that? Marathons. 26? What is it? 26 point, point two. Don't forget the point two. If you go 26 and you don't go to point two, you haven't gone a distance. It's important, it's significant. Sometimes that point two may be the hardest part of it, okay? But uh, he was a former marathon runner and he was representing Tanzania in the uh, marathon at the, at the Tanzan, Tanzania. That's right, don't laugh at me. I don't know. T-A-N-Z-A-N-I-A. Tanzania in the marathon, Summer Olympics. Some of you couldn't have done much better. All right, here we go. Boy, if that's not. All right, listen to this. You got, you got to hear this. Don't, just say Murphy. Don't, if you can't say Tanzania, just say Murphy. All right. says, while competing in the marathon, uh, John, John Stephen cramped up due to a high altitude in the city. He had never, he had never trained at that altitude. And at the 19-kilometer point uh, of the 42-kilometer race, there was a jockey in for position between some of the runners, and he got, he got knocked over. He, uh, he fell badly, wounding his knee, dislocated that joint, dislocated his knee plus his shoulder and he, when he hit the pavement. He, however, continued running, finishing last among the 57 competitors who finished the race. 75 had started. 57 finished. John was 57. The winner of the marathon, he's from Ethiopia. You wouldn't know his name either, so I'm not even going to tell you that. <laughs> he finished... The winner finished in two minutes and 20 seconds and 20 and two minutes, 20 seconds and two hours, 20 minutes and 26 seconds. Yeah. 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 John finished an hour later at three hours, 25 minutes and 27 seconds. And there was only a few thousand people left in the stadium and the sun had already set. As he finally crossed the finish line, a cheer came from the small crowd when an interviewer Later ask him why he continued running. I love this. This one he said. He said, My country 
did not send me 5,000 miles to start the race. They sent me 5,000 miles to finish the race. Scripture says that our God is faithful who has begun a work in you and he will complete it and you can go the distance. And when you find yourself crippled by looking back or when you find yourself with your nose to the pavement and people around you saying he's done for, our God is there to pick you up, dust you off, put your roots deep into him and you have all you need in him to go the distance. Paul says you can do it. Jesus Christ says you can do it because I can do it through you. I, I really messed up this week. I, I, I had a different message. I usually number my notes, one, two, three, four, five, my pages so I can keep them correct. And this week I didn't know. I didn't know until the last minute which, which message the Lord was going to have me lead uh, to, to share so I've got one set of notes with one, two, three, four, five. And, and the ones that I picked out in my brilliance, I decided I'll alphabetize them suckers. So I've got A, B, C, D, E, F, G. I am so unfamiliar. I have no idea if I'm supposed to stop now or if I've got some. <laughs> I, I, listen, I probably got some dynamic point. I hope it was just a dynamic point that Jerry Helton had. And it's not anything that God had. So don't worry about that. God loves you. He wants you to go to distance this morning. You can do it in him. Let's pray. Father, as we, as we just look at this, as we, as we think about what you've done and the report of what, what you've done and what, you're doing, what you did in the last three weeks and what you've begun in the lives of those kids. Lord, many are going to be back uh, in, 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 in encouraging environments. Jeff and Sarah shared there's many back there in environments that are harsh and hard. And some would look back and say, wow, wow. But God, I'm reminded of the verse in Colossians there that we have everything we need in you. And especially, Father, when a praying church and praying family and praying friends are interceding and storming the gates of heaven for these kids. Lord, that you're not only, you've not only changed their lives, but Lord, that you can empower them and use them to change situations for, for families and for, for generations, Lord. You can do that. You're a God that nothing's impossible with you. And Father, we do pray for them. But Lord, right now in the next few minutes, it's just, it's just us right here. And we're getting ready, Lord, to, to share communion around your communion table just in a few moments. But God, I pray right now that your Holy Spirit would be very, very, would have open access to our hearts and our minds. This morning, as you're here, and I've encouraged all of us to look back, to look ahead. And to look now so we can live dynamically in the power of the Lord. But I encourage you, and I said early on, as you look back, if you look and you see that you've had an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ, where you've given him your heart and life, where he saved you, that the person who did all those sins is dead. You're a different person now. Remember that? Remember I told you, though, if you don't have that to look back on, you can look today and make that decision. I'm not asking you, some of you, I'm, I'm not asking you to say, well, pastor, I'm, I'm doing the best I can do right now. Listen to me. The best you can do and I can do is hell. Isaiah said that all our righteousness is like filthy rags, junk. 
we can't be good enough to get to heaven we can't do enough good things to get to heaven we can't be benevolent enough with our with it, whatever the Lord's bestowed upon us to get to heaven Jesus Christ died my, for my sins and for yours so that we could get to heaven so that we could be in relationship with him on the way this morning I'm not asking you where you belong to a church I'm not asking you about a lot of things I'm just asking you if you know that you haven't ever had a relationship with the living Lord he's desiring that of you more than anything you say I don't want that yes you do you don't know what yes you do he's promised never to leave you never to forsake you but to be with you always if that's you this morning and you know God's saying to you that he's been waiting 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 until now's the time with eyes closed, with heads bowed, right now. You say, why? I don't, I don't, I don't, is that because you don't want to embarrass me? Really, it's not that reason. I just don't want anybody looking around and being distracted. This is the most important decision you'll ever make, ever. It's what you're going to do with Jesus Christ. If you've never received him as Lord, but you'd like to do that right now, why don't you pray, God, I need you to come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me. It's time for that old jury. It's time for that old person to die. And I want a new creation. I want the new person you promised. And Lord, just as these kids last Thursday night stood up and kind of dedicated their lives to you, whatever you wanted, I'm giving you my life for what you want in it. It's yours. Take it. For some of you, you may feel like the Bruce Spruce has been blown over by storms. You don't know if you'll ever grow straight up again. This morning, God's here to say, in Him, you're rooted and built up. And He wants to right you and get you looking up again. Your perspective to that high calling, to that holy calling, to that heavenly calling that you have in God, in Christ. Fix your eyes on Him. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. He's, faith. He's begun it. He'll complete it. Go the distance. This morning, you may feel like I've been out of the race so long. They quit looking for me. No, they've not. This morning, get back in the race. Go the distance. Get back in the grace of God. If that's you and you've been crippled by those failures, you've been crippled enemy's been agreeing with you right now why don't you say God forgive me I've wasted way too many days I've wasted way too many years in the and in, in crippled by the failures of the past or by the grief or by the anger of whatever it is God what's left in my time is yours I'm asking you forgive me use me wherever you can Lord if it's cleaning toilets I'm gonna have them things sparkling for you God, if it's sharing with my neighbor, I'm going to love him and pray for him and leave the results with you. If it's, if it's love, loving your family and ministering to your family, God, I'm going to be the best family member I can be and pray for my family and love my family regardless. It's time to get back in a race. Time to go the distance. Why don't you say that? Jesus, I'm sorry. Forgive me. I've copped out. I've, I've wimped out. I'm going to man up now. I'm going to get back in this and on track. 
I want to to go the distance for you. As we get ready to share the communion table with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, this morning, you want to say, God's doing a work in my life, Pastor. Maybe you prayed that prayer. Maybe he saved you. Maybe you prayed that prayer and, and you've just, uh, you just ask him to forgive you and you've getting back up or whatever. But you say, hey, there's, God's doing some stuff in my life right now. I want you to pray for me with it. No one looking around. Just raise your hand up and hold it up. I want to pray for you, for these hands. God, you see these hands. Father, I want to commit this morning to you that we belong to you. Our time is yours. Our days are yours. Do with us what brings you great glory. Let us finish well. In Christ, I pray. Put your hands down. Amen.